In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we give you great thanks and praise for all the graces in our lives. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. May his presence among us help us to be transformed. May we become more in awe of him and glory of him. Amen. Amen. Pardon if I repeat stories sometimes. I forget what I do and do not preach about. Who here has ever been to the, uh, the Grand Canyon? Any takers? All right, people. Explore the world. All right. So the Grand Canyon is, the way I describe the Grand Canyon is it's the most unoverrated place I've ever seen in my life. And every time I say that, everyone's like, you mean overrated? I'm like, no, it's unoverrated. I'm like, what do you mean by unoverrated? Is that when you go to the Grand Canyon, every time somebody describes the Grand Canyon, they're like, it was incredible. It's a mess. It's like part of creation. It's so just, just it's just, it's incredible. Then you go to the Grand Canyon and you're like, oh my goodness, it's just, it's, it's amazing. It's just this beautiful, huge, it's the, the, the size of it, there isn't a picture in the world that can remotely do it justice. It's just such an incredible part of, of God's creation. And you just become kind of in awe of how beautiful it is. Now, if I were to walk you to the Grand Canyon, blindfold it, and put you at the edge would you experience the Grand Canyon? Probably not. You can't taste the Grand Canyon. You can't hear the Grand Canyon. You have to see it. You have to actually visibly see the Grand Canyon to be in awe of it. If you were a typical millennial and you were on your phone the whole time, and then you were there and you're like, oh, it's, it's cool, whatever, and you kept scrolling through, your, through whatever, would you experience the Grand Canyon? Probably not. You'd be so focused on something that isn't important, you would miss the important beauty right, right in front of you, the Grand, the Grand Canyon. So I was praying with that, especially with Simeon and, and uh, the prophetess today, Anna. These two individuals and their experience and their reaction to Jesus, their experience and their reaction to Christ coming into the temple is so beautiful. Simeon, this guy Simeon, was so in awe. And it's, it's important when you, when you pray with the gospel to kind of meditate on it and, and enter into the gospel itself. Not just the random words that are there. Really try to imagine the gospel. So to me, when I think of the gospel... I think of this man, Simeon. In Chaldean, goes Shimon Sawa, the old Simon, right? The old man. That he was probably waiting for the, res- the redemption of Israel, let's say 30 years. I don't know why it's a nice arbitrary number. So 30 years, imagine that. Imagine the Holy Spirit put on his heart, you are going to see the Messiah. You're going to see the Savior. Day in and day out, week in and week out, month in and month out, day in, year in, year out, decade in, decade out, he's waiting. He's just anticipating. And he's patient. And then he gets a stirring of the Holy Spirit, go to the temple. He goes to the temple and he sees Mary and Joseph and the baby. And the scene is very undescriptive. He just sees them and just knows it's the Messiah. And just takes him in his arm. And imagine that, like, the awe that he must have experienced. Like, just like, this is finally, Lord, I can die. Finally, my life can be, is complete because I have seen the Messiah. There's an awe and there's a fulfillment. There's a relief. He has finally experienced the salvation. And then Anna, this prophetess, who is in her 80s, right? Let's just pretend her husband died when she was 20. So for, let's say, 60 years, she was in the temple, as the gospel says, praying and fasting. And the beauty, part of, part of the beauty of the gospel, says Anna, who's the son of Phanuel from the 
from the tribe of Asher, meaning what? A very specific person. Imagine describing me. Like, oh, what's his father's name? What's his father's father's name? A very specific individual. Not a theory, not an idea, not a concept. A human who was so in love with God that her whole life was committed to fasting and to prayer. And because she had the opportunity to experience the incarnate God in Jesus in the temple on that day, she told all of Israel that, this, that the Messiah is born. She told all of Israel, we have experienced the Messiah, Simeon and Anna. So for us, right, just a few, day, a few weeks ago, last week was Christmas, the birth of the incarnate God. In a few days here we have Epiphany, the manifestation of who Jesus is to the entire world. This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased, the baptism of Jesus, Epiphany. Do we have the same experience as Simeon and Anna? Do we, this past Christmas, would we, we, we like, oh my good golly, were we in awe, the birth of God? Or were we like, pacha, presents, eggnog, hanging out, family, friends, yeah, we're all part of that. We all fall into it. It happens. Right? Or we were like Anna. We were like the birth of the incarnate Jesus, the birth of the incarnate God, the salvation of all humanity has happened. We celebrated that feast day and we turned around and went to our families and couldn't stop talking about Jesus? Probably not. Right? We're, the world has become very secularized. It is what it is. It's fine. We're all kind of part of it. But the question becomes, do we want to be like that? Do we want to take these huge feast days, just the concepts, like just the incarnation of God? We should die. We should die. But we get to receive him in the Eucharist. Are we in awe of the glory of God? So Simeon is described, because because he's ready to receive, he's ready, his heart is ready, as a righteous man. So he fights away sin as a patient man, as an enduring man who came to the temple and waited for the redemption of Israel. And Anna is described as a woman who, with prayer and fasting. So we have to do that. If we want to be like them and be in awe of the glory of God, we have to do what they did. Be righteous against sin, have a lot more prayer in our life, and a lot more fasting. And I preached on this a few weeks ago, and I preached on it again. I want everyone here to, to think about, consider, pray about, maybe considering doing Exodus 90. Who here remembers me talking about it? Anybody? There, thanks, choir. Anyone else? Back. Thanks, Chuck. All right, so Exodus 90 is this beautiful program that we're going to do together starting on January 17th. If you want to, you don't have to, but it's beautiful, right? What does it do? It helps us to become like Simeon and Anna, to detach ourselves from this world so as to attach ourselves more closely to the heart of God so that we can be more in awe of the incarnation of God. This one specifically leads to the resurrection, to Easter. So what do we do? We add things. What do we add? Prayer, substantial prayer, exercise, substantial exercise, right? Intense, rigorous exercise. So as to beat up and pummel our bodies, to be in control of our bodies, not our bodies in control of us. We add. What else do we do? We take out. We take out warm showers. We take out sugar. We take out alcohol. We take out screens. We take out sports. We take out any unnecessary entertainment. Things that envelop our lives so much. Now, you can have caveats. Every time I do this, I put a little asterisk. I say, except for Super Bowl. Okay? <laughs> except for March Madness. Right? Like, things that I thoroughly enjoy that don't I don't worship these things, but they're kind of social, they're part of our lives. That's fine. But every morning, when you go to take a shower, 
you won't enjoy it. Every evening, when you go to rest, it won't be with entertainment. It'll be reading. It'll be quiet. It'll be conversations with your family. It'll be prayer. You can actually sleep a normal seven, eight hours instead of wasting our time, wasting so much of our energy doing things that don't draw us closer to God. If you were not in awe this past Christmas, if you're not in awe at this Mass, if you're not in awe at the resurrection of Jesus or at the Eucharist, we should be dead in the presence of God. Yet we're not even focused. All of us, we're all part of the problem. My challenge to you is, where is God calling you to be like Simeon in righteousness, to do away with sin, to be like Anna in prayer and fasting? Consider, for all that is good and holy, consider doing Exodus 90 with me. Starting on January 17th, 90 days of intense fasting, intense prayer, preparing our hearts to be in awe of the resurrection of Jesus. Amen.